This is Max Beverly. Welcome to On Point and Counterpoints podcast. This is a special episode dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak and is going to have little to do with local politics. So if you're not interested in hearing what I have to say about this, now would be a good time to stop listening. Uh, It's been a while since I've done one of these podcasts, and I have no real plans to start doing them again on a regular schedule. Um, That's partly because these podcasts take a lot of time, and I've been extremely busy doing other things for for quite a while. But who knows? Maybe with this pandemic, I will have uh, more time than I know what to do with on my hands. A handful of folks asked me about doing this one, so I decided to do, uh, to, to do this. Anyway, first, let me say this. My usable medical and scientific knowledge is right up there with my Labradors. So if you think you hear anything like medical advice, please, please, please disregard it. I'm going to try to stay way away from anything that requires any meaningful knowledge of the medical or scientific fields uh, and and those circumstances around the COVID-19 virus simply because I don't have that knowledge. As I just said, I don't have any medical or scientific knowledge that can be applied here, but I do have a fairly decent understanding of mathematics and statistics. And it's been a point of frustration to me that almost every media outlet has just been identifying the number of COVID-19 infections and deaths, but has barely presented the other information regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. For days, we've been seeing charts and graphs showing that the cases of positive COVID-19 tests are rocketing up. Um, This is being recorded on Sunday, March 22nd, so the current charts showing something like 6,200 cases yesterday, uh, 5,300 cases on Friday, 4,000 cases on Thursday, 2,000 cases on Wednesday, uh, 1,700 cases on Tuesday, 800 cases Monday, and last Sunday was 700 cases. If you look at that, last Sunday, 700 cases. Yesterday, 6,200 cases. It looks like the, the, the number of infections are rocketing up. This looks very scary, as it should. Um, and before I get into this, I want to say that um, in no way should you take away from this podcast remotely that I'm suggesting you do anything, anything at all, to let your guard down. This thing is scary. Every one of us, from kids to older folks, need to take this very seriously. And by the way, I'm going to get into some numbers. I'm getting this data from a site called covidtracking.com. That's C-O-V-I-D-T-R-A-C-K-I-N-G dot C-O-M, which appears to be a very credible site. They have links to their data sources and their numbers track with other sources. Okay, now, with that said, these rocketing numbers look awful. Even the most mathematically challenged of us can look at these charts and see a trend. For about the last three weeks, each day has seen, on average, an increase in the number of infections of about 44% from the previous day. That means that if we see 10,000 infections today, which is a number we might see, 
you might expect to see 14,400 tomorrow. And if this trend was to continue, literally every single resident of the United States would be infected by, infected by COVID-19 by April the 16th. This is what I think is largely missing from the story. Yesterday, that's yesterday, Saturday, March 21st, more people were tested, about 44,000 people were tested than had been tested cumulatively from the time this thing emerged from China, this is in the United States, from the time this emerged from China before Tuesday, March 17th. Let me, let me emphasize that again. Okay, more people were tested, tested yesterday in just one day than all the tests combined from the beginning of time or the beginning that this emerged as an as a, uh, infection in this country through St. Patrick's Day last Tuesday. Okay, so while positive tests, um, the infections of COVID-19 virus are going up 44% a day, this is what I think is missing. The number of tests administered are going up by almost 60% a day. To put it another way, if 50,000 tests are administered today, which may be a possibility, we should expect 80,000 to be administered tomorrow. So just like the trend, um, so just like that trend that looks like every single American is going to get infected by April 16th cannot hold. The upward trend in testing cannot hold either because if it did, every single American would have been tested 14 times by April the 16th. These growth rates will slow down. All right. What the data shows is that about 12% of folks being tested are coming back positive for the COVID-19 COVID infection. Uh, that's scary all by itself. However, I need to make a couple of points about these numbers. Okay, some areas are only reporting positive tests and not total tests. So we know that this, pos uh, we know that this positive test figure of about 12% is too high. We don't, or, or at least I don't know how, how much it is too high, but, but the actual rates of uh, positive tests are lower than what's being reported, just simply because of the way the data is being reported. Some areas just turn in the number of positive tests. Some areas are turning in the number of positive and negative tests. So only the positive tests um, in, in some areas are being recorded. All right, and secondly, these tests are not being given at random. They are being given to, given to specific folks for specific reasons, such as the onset of symptoms or exposure to people who are known to have been infected. I would expect that as testing becomes more widely available, that these percentages of those that test, that test positive are going to begin to drop especially with the measures taken by federal, state, and local governments to reduce this spread. As, as those measures kick in, that, that trend will go down. All right, will this trend hold another week? The present trend where we're seeing that 44% increase per day in number of, of tests that are coming back positive. It, it might. I mean, that, that would mean that between now and next Sunday, March 28th, another 3 million tests get administered. And then a total of something like a quarter million folks in the United States have tested positive for COVID-19 infections. 
Again, though, my scientific and medical knowledge is virtually nil. So when I say that trend could hold for another week, that really shouldn't be taken too, ser too seriously. But basically, so what's my point here? It's this. These numbers of new infections found each day are horrifying. However, you should expect that at some point relatively soon, maybe a week from now, maybe a, a few days past that, maybe not even that long, this massive daily increase will begin to flatten out and, and eventually we're gonna see a decrease. In the meantime, I'm confident that our pharmaceutical companies, universities, hospitals, et cetera, are working their tails off to find treatments and eventually vaccines for COVID-19. We just need to buy them time to get there. All right, how can we do this? The best way that we have to fight this thing, those of us who are not directly involved in the battle against this can help stop this thing. The best way we can help stop this thing is to avoid getting infected ourselves. All of you have seen the various guidelines about hand washing, social distancing, etc. Folks, the people making these recommendations are not idiots. Please listen to them. And even if you think that everything has been done Everything that's been done to date is a massive overreaction. Please understand this. We've closed our schools, our churches, a lot of businesses. This has had a massive negative impact on every single one of us from about every perspective. The sooner we get this behind us, the better. So please, don't ju just go on if, as if all of this is just a big overreaction. By ignoring these recommendations, you're not only jeopardizing your immediate family and everybody that your immediate family comes in contact with, you are making the path back to a normal world both longer and harder for everybody. Also, please think about this. Right now is a pretty bad time to need medical care in general. So if you can, take steps to reduce the possibility that something other than COVID-19 requires you to need medical attention or hospitalization. Think twice about doing things like participating in higher risk sports or letting your kids participate in them. Even, even do things like try to drive more carefully. Bottom line, we need to take all of this very seriously, but ultimately we shouldn't panic just because the trends are, are, are looking so, so bad right now. All right, locally here in Thomasville, I feel very confident that we have the community resources to weather this thing uh, about as well as possible. But that doesn't mean things aren't going to get rough. Here's the problem. If just 1% of our local population um, gets a COVID-19 uh, virus infection, which requires hospitalization, the system will be overwhelmed. Now, that being said, we've got a great medical system in Archbold with a bunch of, of great docs, great nurses, great healthcare professionals throughout the system. We all need to be very appreciative of these folks who, who will be on the front line um, fighting this battle. I'm pretty sure that our local law enforcement is up to the task of keeping us safe. Our local fire protection and EMS personnel are up to the task as well. The less of a burden we put on these folks, the better we will the better it will be for them to be able to do their jobs.
the city of Thomasville is in a very good place financially to weather this mess, despite a few false claims floating around the community. And I have full confidence that the city manager and the superintendent of utilities and all of the great team under them will do everything in their power to keep our utilities up and running. With schools and churches going digital, our internet services are now more important than ever. And we've, but we've got a great team to keep those and all the other services up and running. Folks, these people need to be thanked as well. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be kind of on the front line with the, with the health care deliverers in, in keeping us safe and, and, and keeping us uh, in a position to, to weather this storm. All right, the city council has some work to do so that they can get out of the way and let the professionals do their thing, but I'm, I'm optimistic they're going to get that done pretty quickly. All right, and I'll close with this. COVID-19 really sucks. It's miserable for everyone. The more patient we can be with each other, the more respectful we can be to each other will really help us get through this. Part of that respect we can show for each other is to do our best to avoid spreading this thing. For one thing, I've read that even if, if, if COVID-19 doesn't kill you, getting sick with it is terrible. I mean, it is a, it is a very miserable experience. Um, so even if you think you are in a low-risk group that, you know, if I get this thing, it ain't going to kill me, you still don't want it. Okay, it, it's... Uh, all accounts I've read of it are pretty miserable. And finally, even if those pleas, which you will have heard from a lot of different places, don't mean anything to you. If, if for whatever reason it doesn't ring your bell that, uh, that, that, that following the various guidelines put out by the CDC, the social distancing, the, the, um, the, the shelter in place when, when it becomes appropriate, if that doesn't mean anything to you. Um, think about this. If as a, as a society, as a country, um, we don't uh, do the steps necessary, we, we don't support each other by avoiding the spread of this disease, by next fall, college football will be canceled. So if nothing else motivates you to avoid this spring, Let's do it for college football. God bless you and be safe.